Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Overboard. A BC Ferries rescue drill goes bad, sinking a lot of long weekend plans. A major study on speeding. The revealing truth about our own behavior. Here it is. And eating a loaded foot-long hot dog on a ride at the PNE. Let's begin. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. A live shot from our Global One Shopper of the BC Ferries Terminal in Tawasin, recovering from the cancellation of four sailings just as long weekend traffic was ramping up. The sailing waits at this hour now down to two, but it was up to five sailings earlier today. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Those sailings cancelled at the worst possible time because of a training accident that sent two employees plunging into the water. It's almost identical to an incident back in the spring and that one caused major backups. So did this one, even prompting the Ferry Workers Union to express concerns about safety. Kylie Stanton reports. Our engineers are working to resolve the problem. When this announcement comes over the speakers at the ferry terminal... We'll have you on your way as soon as possible. Emotions run high. We have an appointment which will cost us money if we don't make it. We're sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting and possibly not going to make the ferry. Heading into the long weekend, the timing couldn't be worse. BC Ferries was forced to cancel four sailings on its busiest route between Tawasson and Swartz Bay due to an early morning mishap. Our crews were conducting regulatory drills on the spirit of Vancouver Island and uh, there was a rescue boat incident that resulted in two of our employees falling in the water. Are they all right? Yes, they are, as far as we know. The BC Ferries and Marine Workers Union says it was a result of a crane malfunction, what's known as the ship's davit. It's used to lower rescue boats from the upper decks into the water, and without it in working order, the vessel must remain out of service. At the peak, that meant a five-sailing wait. And as the lines grow on both sides of the water, so does the frustration. Nobody tells us what's happening. We had to ask for a supervisor to come talk to us. Once again, uh, BC Ferries uh, lets their customers down. Now, this is the second time this year there's been a substantial failure with the rescue boats. Back in April, there was a similar incident where, again, two men fell into the water when the davit failed during a drill on the Queen of Cumberland. Today, the union representing the ferry workers here issued a statement saying it causes deep concern. It anticipates it will be thoroughly investigated. We don't know that the two are connected, but we're always concerned by these sorts of things, particularly when our employees are at risk. We acknowledge it's a busy weekend, uh, and our commitment to the travelling public is we will get everybody to where they're going today. The ferry was up and running by 3 o'clock this afternoon, but even then, the only sure thing... Abort. ...and walk on instead. But then there's always that chance. Waiting it out will pay off. <laughs> Kelly Stanton, Global News. Some breaking news now and a sign that the forest fire season isn't over. Firefighters responding to this new fire on the west side of Okanagan Falls, just above Highway 97. It is burning within city limits. The Okanagan Falls Fire Department was first on the scene and then called for backup from B.C. Wildfire. 
It's burning near some homes in the rural part of town, and crews are dropping fire retardant and water as they try to knock down the flames quickly. We'll keep an eye on this one for you. Meanwhile, the fallout continues tonight from yesterday's bombshell decision by the Federal Court of Appeal to overturn Ottawa's approval of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. As Paul Johnson reports, the decision means dozens of B.C. workers, and possibly far more than that, now have a very uncertain future. What's mostly been in the realm of political squabbling is now down to paychecks, literally. Check out this anonymous message phoned into CKNW Radio. I was about to start work with them next week and they've just sent out notifications to several hundred people telling them that everything is on hold. I have no work now, hunting yet again. According to a source at one of the unions involved, around 3 o'clock yesterday, about 75 workers here in Burnaby were literally told to put down their tools and to go home for the day. They expect they'll be back on Wednesday when they'll learn more about their future. Ryan Bruce is a spokesman for the Christian Labour Association of Canada, which represents those 75 told to stand down in Burnaby. He says 45 more in Alberta got the same message. And those are just the workers in his union. The immediate reaction from those that I've talked to is, of course, uh, creates a lot of anxiety and stress and uh, the uncertainty about, uh, about their future and, and their employment. Most of those in Burnaby were involved in survey work and site preparation. While dozens were immediately affected by yesterday's ruling, that number is tiny in comparison to the several thousand who were expected to be earning good-paying, skilled tradesmen's wages when the project fully geared up. Bruce says the uncertainty about those jobs is one thing, but it's the bigger picture of resource projects in general that Canadians will have to think hard about. The jobs that we uh, stand to lose, that we may not even know we're there as a result of investors looking at BC and, and Canada as a place now not to invest. Paul Johnson, Global News. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is reaffirming his commitment to building the pipeline and he's using the current Canada-U.S. trade entanglements as a prime reason we need it. Keith Baldry is in Victoria with that and Keith Trudeau is bringing the NAFTA talks into this discussion. Yeah, and uh, who can blame him? I mean, really, he's had, his government's having a rough week. Uh, so the hot-button issue of that pipeline, the unexpected setback of the Federal Court of Appeal, and, of course, the inability to get a new trade deal with the United States, uh, all adding up to trouble for Trudeau. And today, he did point out one big reason why he thinks Canada needs that pipeline is we cannot rely on the United States for so much trade at a time when so much uncertainty involves uh, overshadows our relationship. Here's the Prime Minister from Oshawa today. With everything that's been going on, people can kind of understand that having only the United States as a market for 99% of our oil resources simply doesn't make sense anymore. And that's why uh, we've always believed that the we believe that the Trans uh, uh, Mountain Pipeline expansion is in the best interest uh, of all Canadians. So it's still unclear what comes next, uh, Chris. Trudeau has a couple of options here. It's not clear whether he's going to appeal the federal court decision to the Supreme Court of Canada. A more likely uh, scenario will see the project be get put in front of the National Energy Board at the earliest opportunity with some strict parameters to iron out and meet the concerns voiced by the federal court of appeal. In any event, I expect we'll have more information on which route he's going to go probably within a couple of weeks. Chris? Uh, and we'll wait for that. Thanks very much, Keith. Okay.
Now, as for those NAFTA talks, they ended for the week without a deal to meet Donald Trump's deadline of today. But Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland says she is optimistic that a deal could be within reach when they reconvene next week because both sides know what's at stake. We do more than $2 billion worth of business every day. So, of course, this is an important relationship for both sides. I know that both sides understand that. Well, today's talks were overshadowed by reports that Donald Trump had boasted in an interview that he would not offer Canada any compromise. The leaked comments were supposed to be off the record, but Trump didn't seem too upset that they were made public. They actually printed my off the record. They said, President Trump said, off the record, and then they go on to this. I said, this is the first, this is the first. These are very dishonorable people. But I said, in the end, it's okay, because at least Canada knows how I feel. So it's fine. It's fine. It's true. Well, the Canadian negotiators reportedly confronted the American side with those comments and asked if they were bargaining in good faith. But the atmosphere apparently improved after that. And while the two sides have not reached an agreement, as we mentioned, they will meet again next week. And of course, Canada's policies to protect our dairy industry are a big part of these negotiations, with the Americans demanding more access to sell U.S. products here. But B.C. dairy farmers are fighting back, saying allowing more American dairy into Canada won't benefit consumers as much as people think. B.C. comes in third after Quebec and Ontario when it comes to dairy production in this country. But for farmers here, keeping Canada's supply management system is the number one concern. Well, for producers, it would be devastating. Devastating, according to David Jansons of Nickel Farms, who says supply management ensures a better, regulated and safer product, even though it means higher prices on this side of the border. But he also warns if the market was opened up, that would not lead to a flood of cheaper product here. We thought Target's down there, all the cheap prices when they come up into Canada. I think Target realized, hey, you know, the delivery driver is getting paid more. The TELUS worker that's installing the phone lines is getting paid more. Gosh, our taxes, property taxes are higher. The clerk that's serving everybody costs more. You know, so that's the reality of Canada. The Prime Minister has promised he won't allow the U.S. to dismantle supply management as part of the NAFTA negotiations. But there has been some give in previous trade agreements not involving the U.S. There is precedent for uh, weakening the dairy supply management system. But at one point, um, and I can see why dairy farmers are starting to worry, is if you do this too much, then the whole system is in jeopardy. We understand there's a little bit of give and take. The disappointing part is when dairy seems to be the last card played. So dairy farmers will keep pushing to protect their industry and watching closely when NAFTA talks resume. It's only when we started to enter into these trade deals that this policy comes um, to be seen as an old-fashioned or outdated system. Jill Bennett, Global News. Drivers applauded the increase in speed limits on some major B.C. highways, and many like to push it even past the 120 kilometer per hour limit. But a former Mountie with a lot of experience reconstructing crash scenes says he has all the evidence you need to slow down. 
Texas police put their own lives on the line to bust a bombing suspect. A new video that shows their bravery later on the news hour. And a funeral fit for a queen. What a send-off for soul legend Aretha Franklin coming up. First, though, speed kills is a message we have heard for years. And whether or not you believe it, maybe the experience of a crash expert will convince you. A Maple Ridge Mountie has spent years studying the mangled wreckage you often see on this news program. And he's speaking out just in time for the busy Labor Day long weekend. John Waugh is in Maple Ridge for us and tracking the danger. John. Well, both law enforcement and ICBC are sending out a strong message to drivers to just slow down because when it comes to our roads, they're heading into the deadliest long weekend in this province. He's an expert in reconstructing fatal collisions, mapping out the mistakes that cost people their lives. Still, there's one thing that continues to stump Sergeant Bruce McCowan. Regardless of how hard I try um, or the traffic services, in general tries. Uh, we can't seem to stop the devastating results. So the Ridge Meadows RCMP officer is speaking out with one simple message. In my opinion, it comes right back down to how fast that vehicle is going. 30 kilometers over the speed limit. While speed is the common denominator in many deadly crashes. I've never driven a car this new before. Drivers continue to have plenty of excuses for having a heavy foot. I've been driving for 40 plus years and I've never had a crash or I drive this road every day. I know every bump in the road. If you don't want to believe a collision reconstructionist, try arguing with math. If a vehicle is going 80 kilometers an hour, it will take it a distance of 31.5 meters to come to a complete stop. Now add in a person's average two second reaction time and that distance jumps to 76 meters. The majority of the people that we are having to deal with they're exceeding the posted speed limit by anywhere from 50 to over 100 kilometers an hour. Mix that with the Labor Day long weekend, the deadliest in this province. Collisions claimed the lives of 25 people over five years. Easter and Thanksgiving each hit with 17 deaths and BC Day faced with 15 fatalities. Consistently that's what we're seeing. Every Labor Day long weekend there are more crashes and more fatalities. Sergeant McCowan hopes this year the warnings will be heard so he won't have to walk through another crash, already knowing what went wrong. And of course, this message extends past this long weekend because many people know that school is just about to start. And that means the extra traffic that comes along with it. Back to you. Thank you, John. A man accused of stealing a truck and causing a multi-vehicle collision in Vancouver last weekend is now charged with assaulting a corrections officer and temporarily escaping custody. The crash last Saturday night near Maine and Pryor sent four people to hospital. It happened after police tried to pull over the truck. 50-year-old Andrew Barry Dahlman was being treated at Vancouver General early Tuesday when he allegedly assaulted the officer and ran. He was recaptured not long after. You can't outrun the genetic risk factors for heart disease. That's the key finding in a UBC study focused on mature athletes. Some of them didn't even know they were at risk. And as Nadia Stewart explains, the research proves good health is about more than just being active. Three years ago, Mark Sampson, a seasoned hockey player, didn't realize he and his teammates had some serious underlying health problems. Some high blood pressure, um, you know, some high cholesterol, 
and it really it really kind of brought a real awareness to you know kind of the state we were in for the record they weren't out of shape just out of touch with what was happening inside their bodies as they pushed themselves on the ice it wasn't until they joined nearly 800 other masters athletes taking part in a UBC study that some discovered they had minor and even major underlying health conditions, specifically coronary artery disease, the primary cause of cardiac death for master's athletes. Athletes are not immune to uh, cardiovascular disease. In our study, we found that um, approximately 11% had clinically significant cardiovascular disease. Specifically, 10 of those individuals had significant uh, coronary artery disease, so 70% blockage or greater. The results challenge the notion that older athletes can stave off serious health problems simply by being more active. Athletes can't outrun their risk factors. It doesn't mean the exercise isn't good for us. It doesn't mean that it's not beneficial to exercise. It just means that you can't negate all the other risk factors. Like high blood pressure, cholesterol and family history. The key as athletes age is moderation. Don't push to the extremes. While there's no evidence uh, suggesting that pushing yourself to the extreme um, can benefit your heart, um, but we do know that it can potentially cause some harm to the, to the heart. The kind of damage Samson and the study's participants are now better equipped to prevent. There are still two more years to go in this five-year study. <sighs> Nadia Stirk, Global News. A photo of a deer hugging a firefighter in Burns Lake has been shared thousands of times. Jen Giesbrecht of Burns Lake is helping bus firefighters to their fire trucks on the south side. She posted this picture to Facebook on Wednesday after she dropped off some day shift firefighters. The friendly animal stepped onto her bus as fire crews got on. It eventually followed the bus onto the ferry and that's when she snapped the photo. The deer is apparently well known in the area and enjoys the attention. Apparently locals call it Elliot. Oh, looks like an Elliot. I'm very friendly. <laughs> Yikes, a close call for a couple hiking in Washington State. The pair fled to their car when they spotted a large black bear, but that didn't stop the bear, who nosed around the window trying to open the passenger door. And when that break-in attempt failed, the bear walked around to the front and jumped on the hood. The it was all paws on deck before the bear gave up and ran back into the woods. Just a little unnerving. A little bit for sure. <laughs> well, a royal send-off in Detroit today for the Queen of Soul. Celebrities, dignitaries, and an all-star lineup of talent joined thousands to say goodbye to Aretha Franklin. The service, just like the woman. Thank you, Lord, for Aretha. Rooted in faith and stirring gospel standards. Her family joined by thousands at the Greater Grace Temple to say one last goodbye. I'm sad today because I'm losing my friend, but I know that the imprint she left on this world can never be removed. Aretha Franklin honored and remembered by dignitaries and celebrities. The secret of her greatness was she took this massive talent and this perfect culture that raised her and decided to be the composer of her own life song. <laughs> what a song it turned out to be. 
But this homegoing, really gonna miss you. just like the legendary entertainer herself, really gonna be different without you. is defined by the music. Superstar. From every genre, raising their voices. To honor the iconic singer in a packed house with standing ovations. One last show of respect for the Queen. Jay Gray, NBC News, Detroit. And a final farewell in Washington, D.C. today as thousands gathered on Capitol Hill to honor Senator John McCain. Wherever you choose to do your part, I hope you do it the way he did. Colleagues dedicating their words and wreaths as the former pilot and POW made one final return to Capitol Hill. Hundreds packing the rotunda, including the senator's wife, his children, even his 106-year-old mother. For 34 years, the Arizona Republican senator dedicated himself to Congress, first in the House, and then for three decades in the Senate. President Donald Trump absent from the memorial at McCain's request. The senator will lie in state in the rotunda, an honor given to only 30 other people in U.S. history. Newly released video shows the blast that killed a Texas bombing suspect earlier this year. Air to ground, he's on the move, backing out now. The footage from law enforcement shows police tracking and closing in on Mark Condit. The 23-year-old was wanted in a string of bombings that terrorized Austin, Texas for 19 days in March. Two people died and three were injured. All right, uh, Vans made contact with him. Vans made contact with him. Seconds after a SWAT team boxed the suspect in on the highway, there was a blast inside the vehicle. Condit detonated an explosive device and took his own life as police reached him. None of the officers was injured by the explosion. This video played at a Texas Department of Public Safety meeting. An extremely close call for a mother and her children in southern Alberta. A car drove off the highway and crashed into their home east of Lethbridge. The vehicle ended up wedged into a corner of the home which houses a child's bedroom. A mother and her young kids were home at the time, but somehow managed to escape unscathed. The driver of the car, a woman in her 60s, was taken to hospital. In health matters, today marks International Overdose Awareness Day. And an Okanagan mother who lost two sons to the epidemic is sharing her proposed solutions to an opioid crisis that keeps stealing lives in our province. Global's Kimberly Davidson reports. Helen Jennings is with Mom Stop the Harm, a network of loved ones of those who have died from drug overdoses. She also helped to organize this drug overdose forum in Kelowna to discuss the crisis and possible solutions. I've lost two sons to overdose. Jennings says stigma and shame push people to hide their drug use and dangerously use alone. Now with the Good Samaritan Act, 
you're not afraid to call 911, even if you're using yourself. Implemented into law in the spring of 2017, the Good Samaritan Law provides immunity from simple possession charges for those who call 911 in the case of an overdose. It's just one change that is meant to reduce the number of opioid and other drug-related deaths. Living Positive Resources was one of several service providers with booths at the symposium. They're in a lock zone demonstrations, attracting a lot of attention. The center hands out these kits free of charge and last month started offering testing of recreational drugs to detect hidden fentanyl. According to Jennings, these are positive moves, but she says they don't go far enough. We need to decriminalize illicit drugs for personal use. Dan Alves, MP for the region, says new approaches are important to debate, but he's not ready to be a proponent of decriminalizing hard drugs. And these issues and, and uh, you know, are not going to go away, and so having discussions about how we deal with the system, with care, with sympathy for those that are addicted, uh, that's what I'm here about today. This marks the second International Overdose Awareness Day in the Okanagan. Kimberly Davidson, Global News, Kelowna. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You just never know what you'll find in a thrift store. Why this baseball glove was such an amazing catch for one mother after the forecast. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is at the PNE for the final Friday of the fair this year and sampling the food and uh, I'm sure a lot of people catching a the fair this Friday, Christy. Yes, for sure, Sophie. You know, it's really busy down here. Not too busy, but busy that it's a lot of fun. A lot of families down here, but a lot of people coming down for the evening part of the PNE. Uh, so if you are coming down here, give yourself a little extra time because there is a fair amount of traffic around the PNE. Burton Cummings playing uh, tonight at 8:30. Let's talk about the weather. It's a beautiful night out here. Today we warmed up to 20 to 23 degrees. We certainly did see some cloud cover, but it was a spectacular day. And we've We've got a great long weekend in store for you. Here's your Metro Vancouver long weekend forecast. Expect some cloud cover tomorrow, but summer's last gap tomorrow afternoon. The sun will come out. The sun uh, will warm up to 20 degrees. Sunday, bit of the opposite. We'll start with sun, and then we're expecting more cloud late in the day. I'm even putting in a very slight chance of showers late tomorrow evening. Shouldn't disturb your day because majority, if we see them at all, would be overnight Sunday. Monday, we're back to sun, and it looks like we'll hold 
that sunshine into the first day of school. Right now, though, we've got extensive lightning strikes going on just northwest of Prince George. Terrible news. This is the one area where we have an extreme fire danger rating. We are going to be watching that closely over the next few hours. That is going to push out overnight. We'll be left with dry conditions, beautiful conditions across the province uh, tomorrow. But we're watching a system that's going to move in from the west, bringing more rain to that same area. Great news, that area needs the rain, and they will see it Saturday night into or Sunday. Tomorrow you'll see showers, though, across the coastal regions. It'll take a while to push into the central interior, so that Saturday night it will push into those areas. Across the south, dry, sunny, beautiful conditions. We'll see cloud in the morning for the south coast, sun in the afternoon, opposite on Sunday, more cloud late in the day, but we're back to sunshine on Monday. I'd like to introduce you to Jeff Strickland. He's the vice president of operations here at the PNE. Jeff, I mean, it's crazy how fast it goes. Here we are the last weekend, but it's been a good run, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. We planned for it all year and it goes by so fast, but we still have a few more very big days to come. Yeah, absolutely. How has it been so far? You know, I know they had some smoke earlier in the week or last week, I guess. Yeah, our days have fluctuated. We've had some poor weather days and of course the air quality on a few days, but the guests that come have had a fantastic time. And now, of course, when the weather's back, you see the numbers climb right back up. Yeah, it's really been great this week, hasn't it? Um, I wanted to mention... um, well, you wanted to mention just what people can see uh, this weekend. We still have a lot more to come. Three full days on the way for families and anyone coming down. Yeah, we have all the mainstays, the super dogs and the mini donuts, the things you'll see every year. But there's so many bits of entertainment this year that could be for this year only, whether it's the Popnology exhibit, the Dragons exhibit, the Knights of Valor, which is the medieval full contact jousting, one of my favorite shows I've ever seen here. Yeah. And that's for all families, free? Free with admission for families. Uh, it's unchoreographed, unscripted, basically demolition derby medieval style. It's great. <laughs> Sounds like a ton of fun. Sorry, where is that out of? That's in the Agronome, three times a day. Three times a day, free for families. Awesome. Well, so lots to look forward to. Thanks for chatting with us, Jeff. Uh, yes, and a beautiful evening down here. Temperatures have cooled now that the sun has set a little bit, but it really is nice. going to be dry through the weekend. Back to you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Sounds fantastic. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Well, a Florida mother has proof that you can find some real treasure at the thrift store. They're sitting on the edge of a shelf on the bottom shelf. Was this mitt? Julianne Lisi made the remarkable find at a Goodwill store in Jupiter, Florida. It was the baseball glove that her son had lost 40 years ago in Ohio. His name, Christopher Lacey, still handwritten on the mitt. When mom texted her grown son a photo, he told her to buy it. He had misplaced the mitt after a championship game back in the 1970s. How it made its way from Ohio to Florida remains a mystery, but at $1.49, it was worth every penny. $1.49 day special there. All right, if you haven't found your lost treasure yet, how about a life-sized drivable supercar made out of lego this bugatti chiron is built entirely from lego more than a million pieces in a move that's taking the idea of expensive toys to another level lego says this replica is fully functional if it's two people the car accelerates to just over 12 miles per hour and it weighs more than 3,000 pounds Uh, former champion racer andy wallace 
has taken it out for a spin. A slow spin, but... Slow spin. A bit disappointing for him because the real Chiron goes over 400 kilometers an hour. So, But do you know how That's cool you look in a school zone going 12 miles an hour in that <laughs> in a Lego In a Lego <laughs> car. No, awesome. No. My nephews and a lot of folks out there are probably going to be choked to hear about this trade. Well, it's not a surprise, though. It, True, it had been, but he's a popular player. Oh, very popular player. He'll be a popular player in Cleveland now, apparently. <laughs> There's a report that the Blue Jays have traded Josh Donaldson to the Cleveland Indians. He hasn't played for Toronto since injuring his calf, but he is uh, close to coming back. That happened back in May. Uh, now, because the trade has happened before midnight, he will be able to play for Cleveland in the playoffs. We don't know who the Jays are getting back. Spent four years, mostly good years, in Toronto, winning the MVP award in 2015. But the Jays are rebuilding, so Donaldson has got to go. All right. We just talked about uh, Dennis Shapoval. That's his good luck charm, Wolfie. Or the Wolf. Stuffy. Taking on fifth seed Kevin Anderson, who was a finalist last year in the U.S. Open. Lost in a doll. This is fourth set action. Oh, you got to come better than that. Shapovalov will get that and that. Nice point for Shapovalov. This is set point in the fourth. Kid is everywhere. He had a five set match in the second round, so they go to the fifth and final set. Anderson's a tough guy to play. Six foot eight. So big reach, big stretch. 5-3 now, Shapovalov trying to stay alive. That's the way. The French Open slide there at the net. However, Anderson, his big serve a little too much. Wow. And another monster in and he beat Shapovalov in five sets, but look, you can see the size difference there. Kevin Anderson, Shapovalov is learning. He's getting better all the time. Serena and Venus. These two ladies straight out of Compton, truly. That's where they learned to play their tennis. Two of the greats of all time. Look at the return here by Serena. Early in their career, Venus was the better player. Now Serena is the better player. That's... Won the first set six to one. One thing you notice, when these two play each other, whoever wins doesn't really celebrate. This is match point. Venus wins. The hug, she moves on. Make that Serena wins. Venus is out. Serena moves on to the next round. All right, that ball's not getting in the hole. Little too big. First round, Dell Technologies, the latest FedEx Cup playoff tournament. Tiger makes that, but he was still one over today. It happens to the best of them. Brooks Kepka, two-time major winner this year. Whoops! But he's minus two. Justin Rose is your leader. This is one of the reasons why. Odd angle, still knocks it close. Six under par. Shot of the day. I should mention Adam Hadwin is three back off the lead at minus three, but got no TV time. He never does get much TV time. I don't get it. Ryan Armour from the fairway. The eagle has landed. One more look. Bounce. Bounce. Bounce cup. LPGA Portland, of course, this is a an event that Brooke Anderson of Ontario has won twice. Earlier today, shot eight under on day one, coming off long birdie at the fifth last week. Then at the sixth, another long birdie, shot 71 today, so she's nine under for the tournament. Tied for fifth, Georgia Hall of England is the leader, who right now is six up.
on Brooke Henderson. Well, both look low. <clears throat> Start over. I know. I, well, I was on a ride today trying to eat a hot dog, so it messed me up. <laughs> Uh, both local university football teams start their seasons tomorrow. SFU, of course, just wants to win a game. We had that story earlier in the week. They haven't won since 2014. UBC, on the other hand, trying to fulfill their promise of being a team that should be a serious contender for the Vanier Cup, which, of course, they won three years ago. They start the season as a top-ranked team in Canada West. It was literally a kick to the gut that ended the UBC Thunderbirds 2017 season. An unlikely 58-yard field goal on the final play of the game gave the Calgary Dinos the Canada West Championship and left UBC heartbroken. It's the kind of loss that lingers. I've probably watched that game 10 times over the past couple months, so I'm just ready to get the bad taste out of my mouth and start new. But that's in the past, and UBC has plenty to look forward to. They are the consensus favorites to win Canada West this year, thanks to a veteran corps led by quarterback Michael O'Connor and some dynamic athletes on both sides of the ball. Pinto up the sideline to the 50, to the 40, to the 30, and you could kiss him goodbye. Travel Pinto all the way. I believe physically we have the team that can compete. I think systems-wise and coaching we have the team that can compete. We're older. Um, than we were last year, and I believe we're a little hungrier. UBC still has nine players left from their 2015 Vanier Cup winning season, and they have the capability to do it again this year. We've been trying to get it across to the rookies and other people who aren't a, who aren't a part of that team because it's, it's pretty hard to, to understand the feeling. It's a very surreal feeling. You just crave it. You just want to get back there. <laughs> Once again, UBC's wild card is Michael O'Connor. This is his fourth season now with the T-Birds. It's his CFL draft year where he's expected to be a top pick. He's personally making it his business to lead this team to a championship. Barry DeLay, Global Sports. There you go. Thank you, Squire. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Let's check in with Jaden Rant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. J.D.? Thank you, Sophie. We're keeping a close eye on that wildfire on the west side of Okanagan Falls. Fire crews have been working hard to knock it down. This video just into our newsroom shows flames and smoke on the hillside to the west of the south Okanagan town. The fire is within city limits and close to some rural homes. It was first reported a couple of hours ago and is about seven hectares in size. The fire is thought to be human-caused. We'll have the very latest when you join us tonight at 11. All right. Thanks very much, Jay. Squire and Sophie try PNE food with really an amazing and dramatic twist. <laughs> That's up next. Very dramatic. But first, here's <laughs> Kasha Paderka with five things to do this long weekend. Kasha? Yeah, with it being the last long weekend of the summer, good chance there's something happening near you. And if you're on the lower mainland and looking for something affordable for the whole family, the very celebrated RCMP musical ride is coming back. Expect an impressive and majestic show of Mounties in their red uniforms, riding horses in coordination. You may even get to meet the horses yourself. Harrison Hot Springs, already a great spot to visit, but this weekend it gets even better. Bands on the Beach, a small music festival along the gorgeous waterfront, takes place both Saturday and Sunday. Expect everything from bluegrass to indie to new country, including a local fave, Todd Richard and the TR Band. Art, history, and nature blend at the Creative Cafe event in Coquitlam. Drop in at the historic Minicata Lodge, and kids of all ages will enjoy activities and crafts and experience local nature. That's on the first Sunday of every month. 
Taiwan Fest is taking over Granville Street in downtown Vancouver. You'll likely see people in the street playing mahjong and other Chinese games. You'll see booths, vendors, authentic food, and live performances. Another Labor Day tradition, Sunshine Music Festival in Powell River. In its 35th year, the event, as always, is a wonderful mix of musicians, vendors, and a sense of community. This year's lineup includes Adam Bay, Coco Jaffro, and the Wildwood Social Club. For more, go to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, Eminem's new album and, of course, his new targets. Plus TV previews of Ozark and Unreal. That's coming up at 7 right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right. Thank you very much, Carlos. So last year, Squire and Sophie went on a ride at the PE. It was the breakdance. Yeah. Squire ate chili. Yeah. Sophie tried to put her makeup on, and it was know. television gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> So this year... Somehow you didn't get a detached retina putting that thing near your eye. I don't know. I, I, know, I should idea. have worn safety goggles. So this year we decided to go out there again. Uh, but as you'll see, we changed things up a bit. This time, Sophie had to eat as well. <laughs> so last year we were here, and you put on your makeup. I did. And I ate Tim Horton's chili. So at the end of it, you looked better than you started, and I looked worse. This year we thought we'd try it again. And we're not going to do the makeup. You're going to no. participate. This year, we've got a nice little slushy drink made of strawberries, so it's nice and red. And? And we have a super foot-long hot dog oh, covered man. in mac and cheese oh, boy. and bacon. And my half of it has uh, relish and mustard. Because like it wasn't enough. I just like relish and mustard on my hot dog. I don't think we're going to get to the end. There's no lady in the tramp moment. <laughs> no, there's going to be. That's right. There is no lady in the tramp moment. Okay, let's do this one more time. Here we go. All right, so we're inside. So this is the idea. You eat from that end. You eat from that end. I'll eat and from we'll this end. And we'll pass the drink back. And, and we'll pass the drink. So it's all sharesies. Let's begin. Can I have a drink, please? Hold on. Thank you. I thought. 
Oh my God. How'd you do? Well, mine's more, my side is more <laughs> intact. Something terrible happened to my bun. As you can see, just the wiener is sticking out now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Most I of the drink ended on up on Sophie's shirt. And, and the mac and cheese. The mac and cheese, that is, I, don't even I, think, I actually can't, can't even really look at that, to be honest with you. I don't even think I got mac and cheese in my mouth. Oh, there's a bit right there. Oh, God. Well, okay. I shan't be eating footlong hot dogs anytime soon. What do we do next year? Send your ideas in. Yeah. Give us 364 <laughs> days to recover, though. We'll, we'll see you next year. <laughs> I can't believe it. It was borderline obscene. Borderline. <laughs> I mean, it's like way over the line. Way over the line. It's just a hot dog. We were just, yeah, just an innocent hot, hot dog. Come on, everybody, out there. Very fun. Are we checking in with uh, Christine? Probably should just because. We should. <laughs> you don't, do you have a monitor down there? Did you see any of that? No, I couldn't oh. see any of it, but uh, I could hear all that. You know what my favorite part of it is? Just listening to Squire laugh and giggle. That's so <laughs> that great. That is true. Just for... <laughs> oh no. Yeah. You guys, a great evening down here. We have a great weekend in store for everyone. Lots still to come. Of course, the uh, concert series, Chicago, Village People, and Cindy Lauper this weekend. Back to you guys now. Great lineup. Okay, thanks, Christy. I feel like I need to shower again. <laughs> you know, I still have macaroni in my hair. Have a good weekend. <laughs>